Jamal Adams sends more mixed signals. The Jets announce uniform numbers for 29 players, which means, you know, Becton, Mims, all the rooks. And the NFL shortens the preseason to two games. Sable Radio, back again. JetsXFactor.com, JetXShop.com. Check it out. Uh, Whether you're on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify, uh, check out those links. Good stuff going on at the website. Michael Nania, Joe Blewett. Uh, with film and analytics, and of course the shop, which we're going to be pushing pretty soon, in addition to the mobile app that's coming out soon. Uh, Good stuff happening at Jets X Factor. Now, Jamal Adams, more mixed messages, more mixed signals, from negative to positive, within the matter of hours, really. First, on Tuesday... He likes a tweet that is basically trashing the Jets, as the YouTube people could see here on uh, the screen, on Reddit. The tweet, it's not a good one, from at pass me the hookah, H-O-O-K-A-A, quote, if the Jets weren't so bad, he'd probably wait it out another year on his current deal. A winner wants to win. Changing the Jets to a winning franchise is going to take so much more than a first-team All-Pro safety, LOL. He wants to win, man. End quote. Jamal Adams liked this tweet. Now, I think it happened in the morning. It happened earlier in the day. Um, no, it might have been in the afternoon. Either way, it happened before he sent the positive Posts that got Jets fans in a frenzy. Incredibly frenzied. Incredibly ready to roll. First, he retweets a JetX film breakdown, which we'll have to credit JetX if the mojo turns around from this point. But actually before that, he tweeted some to somebody in a great mood And the quote was, mood for real. Laugh out loud. Basically just saying he's in a great mood. This was uh, on Tuesday. Then he retweeted the JetX phone breakdown of him making a great play against Buffalo in week 18 on a screen. He pretty much reads it right away. um, Diagnoses it. And only a guy like this could make this play. I don't think people realize how good a play this is here from Jamal Adams. 2018 in Orchard Park. There he is right there playing pretty much linebacker. Um, Jets in a cover three look pre-snap. Turns out to be a cover three off coverage with the corners. Four man rush. There's Jamal looking to get to his curl flat. But he's reading it. He knows it's not a run that play action, the motion. That's all for not Jamal will never Take a false step on that. Right here, he sees the screen. The two linemen are coming out, and Jamal knows he's a little out of position against the screen. He has to get down, take it on with his inside shoulder, pinch it in, and make sure that back doesn't get outside of him. Right there, look where he makes contact with the inside shoulder. He's going to drive it a little bit, 
hit the defender, excuse me, hit the blocker, disengage and reassess. Right there, he reassesses. He sees the screen developing nicely. The Jets are in trouble, even though they do only rush four. So from here, he really has to get down, put himself in a good position to maintain outside in placement as a strong safety. And that's what he does right here. And from here, it's just incredible athleticism, uh, incredible tackling, and just a motor that no other safety in this league has. That's just one of the best plays you'll ever see a strong safety make on a football field. A screen that had a chance to go big time. Now here's Jamal. Forget it with the play action. Josh Allen, what are you doing? Look at that guard stand straight up. No run would happen from that look with that guard. And Jamal knows this. He bails to the curl flat. But once he starts to, he notices the screen developing. And it's all reads. He reads the offensive lineman beautifully. He, re- he knows what he needs to lock onto. Puts himself in a good position as a strong safety. Out on the edge. Beautiful play. That's just something that no other safety could do. Anyone who could potentially replace Jamal cannot do this. It was a first and 10 situation in the fourth quarter. And honestly, it's one of his best plays in the NFL. It's not that flashy while it's a little flashy because of the open field tackle, but it it just, it's one of the more under underappreciated great plays a strong safety can make. He quotes the video, the, the breakdown quote, can't wait to get back on the field. Hashtag Prez. Shortly after that, quote, missing ball right now. End quote. Then shortly after that, the biggie. He posts a picture in a Jets uniform. Could have chose LSU. Could have chose him training. Chose the Jets. Quote, on top. And I'm staying there. Hashtag Prez. This, of course, got Jets fans in a frenzy, as it should. And if you think about Jamal right now, where he's winning is the social media, the business game. His social media accounts are becoming must watch. His social media accounts are becoming must watch. Remember, he has that YouTube channel he started a couple years ago, but he doesn't have enough time to really dig into it. But he knows Twitter and Instagram, if he creates these storylines... And this news, his Twitter accounts become top-notch. Incredible business. And he knows this. So, while you may think he's failing in terms of perceived value across the league, that even though he is the best safety in the game, if he's being a pain in the ass off the field, other teams won't want him, won't value him as much. Of course, teams, some teams will want him. I mean, of course, he'll never have a problem finding a job. But in terms of value, if you, even if you think he's losing in that regard, he's winning in terms of his non-NFL business life, social media. And the more eyeballs he can get on him, on that Twitter account, that Instagram account, eventually the YouTube account, the more it's going to benefit him in, in this specific area listen he's a big lebron fan he's a big big jordan fan he understands business he wants to be one of those guys who develops that brand 
So that's one, one spot he's definitely winning. Whether or not he's had his come to Jesus Jets moment and he's looking to fish, put out some positive Jets stuff to see if the fans bite and see if he's welcome back. Who knows? Who the hell knows? I just think this kid is an honest kid who wears his emotions on his sleeve, which works on the field, sometimes gets him in trouble off the field, but there is strategy behind this game, and he's doing it for social media purposes, and probably, maybe, to get the hell out of town to get to a winner, or get paid. There's many different end results, end goals, but it's obvious what he's doing. So, again... Toying with fans, if you want to call it, go for it. Um, I, I think most of it is just brutal honesty. And I think honesty is what will save the day if the Adams-Jets marriage works out. Because how does, how does Douglas and the Jets welcome back a guy like this who's destroyed the Jets' uh, perceived credibility? like this over the last few weeks how do they welcome him back and still preach trying to build the best culture in sports very tough sell only honesty will get it done for joe douglas and the jets he'd have to walk up to the podium and just be as honest as possible tell them this is a special player and we would only do this for that special player who does everything right on the field in the locker room when he's happy and fairly compensated And only honesty would get it done for Jamal, too. You'd have to tell the fans, look, I know I crossed the line. I know I ventured into uncharted territory with how I acted. But it was all done for one express purpose, to get that money. While I still think it's a tough sell on both sides, because I think it does matter how people act, that's the only way to salvage it just brutal honesty and Adams he's an emotional honest kid the Jets remain quiet and it's the best move to remain quiet try to generate other news like they did last week with the conference calls and uh, we go from here more to come but I'll tell you what if the tide does turn credit JetX for that film room breakdown getting Jabal hyped for football again that's the key for you Jets fans out there. Get him hyped for football again. He loves the game so much. Everybody knows he won't want to hold out. And he, I'll say it, he won't hold out. He loves the game that much and he knows holding out will hurt. Hurt so much more than it will help him. Next, the NFL cut the preseason slate down to two games. I remember back in the day, I was a young kid in the early 90s when it was six games. I think the Browning-Nagel year in 92, it was still six games, if I'm not mistaken. And the Jets went 6-0, and they looked great. Either 6-0 or 4-0. I'm not sure which year it was when they cut down to four. But now, due to the current environment, the coronavirus, everything that's happening, they've cut it down to two games. They've removed week one and week four. So they're going to give an extra week after the preseason, before week one, And they're going to give an extra week once training camp starts on July 28th until the first preseason game. Pro Football Talk reported it first. 
And then Field Yates helped explain it. July 28th, Field Yates of ESPN. July 28th, all teams report to training camp. Then starts a 23 acclimation period. Whether or not media will be there remains to be seen. And if they are, it'll just be for the outside practices and outside under the tent interviews. Uh, Maybe even not for that. We'll see. But preseason week one for the Jets will be, or for the NFL, will be between August 20th and the 24th, which means the Jets week two date in Detroit on August 20th should remain set. And then their week three date at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers would also remain set on August 28th. So every team will just have one home game, one road game. The Jets, we don't know if if they keep it the schedule the way it is. There's no Jets-Giants this year, and there's no Jets-Eagles, the two staples in the preseason. It'll be Lions and Steelers. But we don't know if that's the case. They could maneuver things around and squeeze the Giants in there. After all, it makes more sense to make it the Giants and the Eagles. Jets and Giants don't have to travel, and Philly's a, you know, hop, skip, and a jump away. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. Only two preseason games. Personally, I understand it during this summer, what's happening. But I don't like it if they opt to go for the two preseason games moving forward, which they can which is available to the NFL in the, in the new CBA. They could cut down on preseason games. With a 17-game schedule, that's most likely what they're going to do. I hate it. Four is perfect. There are kids who weren't drafted high, who are trying to make a living, earn a living, create a livelihood for themselves, and they can only do that in the preseason. If training camp was still run like it was in the 70s and 80s where hitting was allowed and live action was allowed, I could understand cutting down on preseason games. But training camp is not training camp anymore. You can't hit. You can't go live. So it's harder for these kids to make an impression. And the preseason games allowed them to do so. So it'll be interesting how they handle the two preseason games. What will they do? My um, guess would be trot out the starters for the first one. Uh, for maybe a quarter and then the second one is the dress rehearsal or the second one also they trot them out for just a quarter and then the other three quarters they 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 run auditions for the young kids but to me it's just not enough i enjoyed watching the young kids try to make a name for themselves like i you really get into it if there was just two games in the preseason the year victor cruz joined the giants victor cruz may have never made it It's just that simple. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson impressed in the preseason. Undrafted guy. Wayne Corbett. The list goes on and on. I don't like it. I think it's a mistake. Elsewhere, the Jets unveiled official uniform numbers for 29 players. Rookies, acquisitions, and players that are just changing numbers. Big Mekhi Becton. Mount Becton gets his wish. Gets number 77. The number he told us in the conference call he was targeting and then put on Twitter. Um, His reasoning was basically he just wanted something new. He's never worn it. And then now he's got his wish. Mekhi Becton, 77. Denzel Mims, 11. Ashton Davis, 32. Jabari Zuniga, 92. 
LaMichael Perrine, 22, James Morgan, Captain Morgan, 4, Cameron Clark, 72, Braden Mann, 7. Braden Mann at 7. I like that. It's a quarterback number. It's not exactly a punter number. So I like that. For some of the free agent acquisitions, Joe Flacco, 5, the familiar 5. Prashad Perryman, 19. Pierre Desir, 35. Patrick Anwasser, 51. Connor McGovern, 60. Greg Van Rotten, 62. Uh, Josh Andrews, 68. George Fant, 76. Going back to the rookies, Denzel Mims, it just fits, number 11. That fits him. And yeah, going right to another number 11, a tall, lanky kid after Robbie Anderson this season, directly after Robbie Anderson. Yeah, might shed a tear. A couple of Jets fans might shed a tear for that, but not a big deal. He's perfect with number 11. It looks right. In terms of the veterans, Connor McGovern with number 60 is an interesting one. To Brickishaw Ferguson, he wore it for all 10 years of his Jets career. Never missed a game, only missed one snap in his entire career. I think he made three Pro Bowls, never an All-Pro. Um, he won't be a Hall of Famer, never reached those heights. And the only thing I could say is, listen, this is football. 90 players in the summer. 55 in the regular season, 65 if you count the practice squad. You can't be house. You can't be uh, George Steinbrenner and the Yankees and make a mockery of the entire thing. It just loses all its value. You can't retire numbers and hold back numbers in football. It just doesn't work. So, to Brickishaw Ferguson, as much as everyone loves him, he just didn't reach those heights. Uh, you know. Namath, Maynard, Martin, Revis, who eventually will be called upon. Those, you could only hold back the numbers, retire the numbers with the legendary players. Even Wayne Corbett, people thought Jameson Crowder would get number 80 last year. But Wayne Corbett's kind of one of those special cases. You know, he's, he wasn't a immortal. He's not a Hall of Famer. Not by a long stretch. He's just one of those guys who came at the right time and came from the right circumstance. The underdog, the Garfield, New Jersey native, the walk-on, Hofstra. You know, those guys happen once once a century. But football, you can't hold back numbers unless it's absolutely immortal status. Um, other players, Josh Doxson got 18. A lot of receivers in the teens. Brett Mayer, two. Uh, Ross Travis, tight end, 43. Let's see. Other rookies, they covered it. They got all the drafted rookies here. Undrafted rookies, Lawrence Cager will don number one. In the summer, George Campbell, six. Dominique Davis, Defensive lineman, 61. Jared Hilbers, tackle, 79. Bryce Huff, edge, 47. Lamar Jackson, not the quarterback, 36. And Sterling Johnson, 66. Changes. Anthony Siafi goes from 45 to 37. Mike White goes from 8 to 5. Um, moves from 5 to 8. Siafi moves from 37 to 45. And Jordan Willis moves from 60 to 55. Not bad. In terms of the rookies, it fits pretty nicely. And lastly, 
We end on Jamal Adams. We start on Jamal Adams. We end on Jamal Adams. It's a Jamal Adams offseason, folks. There was a time for the young, this is especially geared towards the young fan. There was a time when all you knew was a jubilant Jamal Adams. You didn't know anything else. Yeah, he'd be sad and depressed after losses, but it was, it wasn't overwhelming like it was last year, like it is during this offseason. It's been so long. It's been so frequent. The young fan can't remember what a jubilant Jamal Adams looks like, sounds like. Well, in 2018, there was the perfect scenario to bring out a jubilant Jamal Adams. It was in the locker room after the Jets beat the Broncos. I think it was 34-16 at MetLife Stadium to improve to 2-3. and three. And the LSU Tigers, Adams' Tigers, lost to Marcus May's Florida Gators the day before. So there was a lot of ribbing going on back and forth. Remember, this is the game where Marcus May returned an interception with no time left, 104 yards, and got tackled at the one-yard line. Who does that? Marcus May does that. So Jamal Adams wasn't happy about the LSU question. Asked by, well, now JetX, then ESNY, and make sure he calls out Marcus May appropriately. If you want to make me mad, uh, or you don't want to make me mad, you don't want to make me mad, but if, you, if, if I'm mad, it's because of that, man. I don't like missing tackles. I pride myself on tackling, um, and I'm the safety. Me and, you know, Marcus May, you know, we're the last defense. We got to get everything down, so I can't miss that tackle in, in that uh, situation, but I was like, man, I got to make up for it, and, you know, I definitely made up for it. Any official word on LSU, Florida? <sighs> man, come on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hurt, man. I'm hurt. It's Sunday. You're talking about the average. You, you know, honestly, you know, lose, we got to keep this on low. Losing to them, it hurts so much. I was like, honestly, if we don't come out here and win this game, I might cry. So I, I, I was determined. This, this was definitely going to be the game that we had to win, for sure. What, what was your message to Marcus after that last play of the game? <laughs> honestly, man. Marcus and I have a great relationship and we work on certain things in practice to where if situations happen, we need to make it make it do what he do. We gotta get the ball in the end zone. So for him to catch the ball, great, let's go score. So hey, he's, he cuts back and I'm looking at him. Usually in practice, we pitch the ball to each other behind to go score if we get tired. And Marcus May did not pitch the ball. But it's Florida. I think he was, yeah, Florida. Uh, he got caught on the one yard line. I think it was by a lineman. Um, or it was a quarterback. It was a quarterback. It was a quarterback or a lineman, uh, I want to say. He got caught on the one, but he's definitely going to be on not top 10. Yeah, folks. It's a long stretch and a long cry from what's going on right now. So remember, when thinking woe is me and. The, apocalypse, the apocalyptic world has shown its face and nothing will ever go good for you as a Jets fan. Remember, Jamal Adams is not this miserable guy all the time. Remember, it's hard to because of what's happened this offseason, what's happened since the trade deadline. You know, 
in a locker room. He was even more down and uh, gloomy after losses than normal last year after the trade deadline. But remember, that's not him all the time. And if the Jets truly have the right GM, which I think they do, good times are ahead. Stay tuned for... Uh, check back on YouTube or the site for more film breakdowns. Blewett's working on someone right now. Uh, let's see. I forget who it is. It's uh, another rookie. No, it's a veteran. He's working on Pierre Desir right now. So check back for that. Uh, Pierre Desir content. And I'm probably going to do a Jamal Adams breakdown of plays that only he can make and nobody else and there's a lot of them there is a ton so stay tuned to the youtube channel subscribe make sure you get the notifications share everything i hate saying this crap it's silly and stupid but it works i don't know why people are crazy out there until next time saber radio 